This is the MIBTOnline.com podcast featuring recordings from our weekly and monthly live streaming meetings. To see the videos discussed in the podcast and be part of the discussion, please consider joining our association at MIBTOnline.com. Now, here's the show. Tim Key for MIBTOnline.com. Welcome to our special broadcast, our open mic segment tonight. We got a great guest who is with us, and we'll get to him here in just one moment. But I want to thank everybody for watching, for being here on our live stream. We are streaming uh, worldwide, three platforms, Facebook Live, we're on YouTube, we're on our MIBTOnline.com free preview stream. So I want to thank everybody for being here, taking some time to talk some high school football. Now, here at MIBTOnline.com, we talk officiating. We're all officials here, and we're trying to get better as officials because our motto or our mission statement at MIBTOnline.com is to improve the game through the official. So the better we can get, the better we can be, the better the game can be. So for those of you who are not officials who are just here tonight, because you're, you're interested with, uh, to see Edgy Tim, we appreciate it, we welcome. Maybe we'll give you a little bit of perspective of what we do as officials, as high school officials, to try to make the game better. So uh, we're gonna run through some quick announcements first, just kinda let everybody know what's going on. So uh, for tonight, we've got you know our membership. Remember, if you're, uh, we'd like you to be an MIBTOnline.com member if you're an official. This is a great way to learn. We have a podcast. We're gonna make this a podcast as soon as we're done. So it'll be available, MIBT online. You can search on Spotify and also on, um, on iTunes. Everywhere you get your podcast, this will be available. Uh, our Facebook page, some of you are watching this on our Facebook page right now, so thank you. Like the Facebook page and you'll see what's going on in officiating. It's MIBTOnline.com. And then Twitter, we have our, our Twitter, which is at officially speak. You can also search MIBT online and you'll find that as well. We, uh, we tweet stuff out. We're on YouTube right now, and uh, that's also officially speaking or MIBTOnline.com, either one. And uh, don't forget, for you officials out there, Bill Monday's High School Football Officiating Best Practices is now available at refereedvd.com. So without uh, further ado, we're going to bring in our guest, but I'm going to run around just to let everybody know how this is going to work first. We've got Robert Yabara with us. Robert is manning the chat. He's also doing the text, and we're going to throw up our text number after you see Robert's name. There he is, Robert Yabara. Robert, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Here it is, July 8th, and I drove past a football stadium, and I saw high school players actually practicing. It's a wonderful sight. I'm glad you're joining us tonight because we're going to talk some football, and thank goodness for that. So Robert's going to be manning the, the chat and the text, so you can text your questions to this number for uh, Edgy Tim, if you have any, you want to get a question to him and we'll relay those questions. You can also do it in the chat, like I said. So a couple different ways to get a hold of us. Also with us is our one of our normal contributors, ESPN, college football rules analyst, 2011 BCS National Championship referee, Bill Lamagne. Bill, how are you doing today? Life's doing good, but I know Robert didn't drive past Lake, Lake Zurich uh, High School because they just announced that uh, they're shutting down all summer camps uh, because number of kids tested positive. So we got a problem on our hands, but yeah. I'm doing good. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna talk to to Edgy about that as well. So without further ado, let's bring bring him in. Uh, it's a pleasure to have him with us. 
Um, he's going to give us a perspective, I think, from an officiating standpoint that maybe we don't hear from time to time. But uh, we've got Edgy Tim with us. Edgy, thank you for being with us. I appreciate uh, you taking some time out of your, your schedule to join us tonight. You know, I appreciate it. This is this is pretty impressive for a bunch of officials throwing this together. I, I'm not I'm not joking with you. This is uh, this is some pretty good stuff. And uh, so this is live. You actually have the gall to put me on live. Wow, you guys are pretty brave. But uh, uh, is this where I start telling my official stories now, or should we hold off a little bit on that? Well, we're going to get to those. We'll give you plenty of time because I'm interested. I know we are interested to hear your perspective. But uh, just for some of our some of our officials who maybe have seen you at games or just some other people, I know a lot of a lot of your fans are on, so they know a little bit about you. But give us just just tell me a little bit about your background, how you got started covering. I know you've been doing it since 1995. How did you get started doing high, you know, covering high school football? Kind of goes back to uh, when I was in college at wonderful Southern Illinois University, by the way, known as the Harvard of the Midwest. Um, I. Uh, Loved high school football, um, still continued to kind of follow it a little bit. I was in the communications program at SIU and radio in particular. So I was able to uh, kind of go out and, and do a little bit of radio work during that time and, and was involved in high school football. And I just continued to love it and uh, just kind of spun off from there. I, I, I had some friends that were in the coaching ranks. And um, one day, one of my buddies that worked for one of the recruiting services back then, which Again, back then it was like Pony Express stuff, but uh, I literally would write out scattering reports and mail them, believe it or not, with a stamp. Um, but they would, one night, night they asked me, hey, there's this kid over, God, I can't remember where it was, it was somewhere in Southern Illinois, can you go watch him and let us know what you think? I'm like, yeah, sure. So I did that, and while I was still in school, and that kind of continued, and got a lot of encouragement from people saying, you know, you, you, you seem to have a, you have a feel for this and you've got a good eye and, and maybe this is something you can pursue. I mean, this was, again, this was like in the, the early mid nineties. And I mean, I had no idea I was finishing up school, looking forward to getting a real job and uh, getting out to work in the real world. And uh, so I kind of juggled both and it just kind of got. Well, it looks like, uh, looks like edgy froze up there. Uh, you know, sometimes the internet can play games, so he's gonna. We'll we'll get him back on here, and uh, we'll we'll definitely uh, we'll we'll reestablish our connection with him, and uh, we'll finish that that conversation. You know, he was talking about being a Saluki. I mean, that's kind of interesting because we were. I went to Southern. Did you, you went to Southern too, Robert? Right? Yes. Uh, you know what? I graduated with my undergrad degree in finance down at Southern Illinois in Carbondelet is what I like to call it. And I'm a proud parent who's sending my son in the aviation management program down there in Carbondale. So yeah. It's a legacy. So, so it's a legacy of, of Southern Illinois graduates. I, I got to work a spring game down there a couple years ago, and that was that was a lot of fun. Um, I, did, I think we might have uh, we might reestablish a connection with Tim. All right, good, Tim. We're back. We got most of that. You froze right up right up at the end there. But uh, thanks for for jumping back. And I was just saying we uh, Robert and I are Salukis as well. So you're you're yeah, you're, you in, you're you're in good company. Um, <laughs> I got I got something to show you. Uh oh, <laughs> uh, here we go. Oh, oh. there you go. Beautiful. Missouri Valley go. Conference. Yeah, nice. Missouri Valley, Southern Illinois jersey. Got that from uh, 
uh, my friend Nick Hill, fellow Saluki, not too long ago. So there you go. I'm all in when it comes to the Salukis, guys. Yeah, I was down. I was down there, like I was saying, a couple of years ago to do a spring game. So it was a, it was definitely a nice atmosphere and to to officiate in. So appreciate your background. Now you cover, like I said, you've been covering high school football for a long time, and and how you got into it is great. And we need people. You know, this is a great sport, high school football. I think it's it's obviously in its purest form, you know, college is a lot of money now and definitely in the pros. So it's great to see that and great to have somebody like you out there uh, letting people know about, about our wonderful sport. But uh, so covering it, where do you see the state of high school football nowadays? Now, obviously it takes on a different role with what's going on with the, the COVID-19 and the virus. But even before that, what, I mean, how do you, would you rank high school football across Illinois and, and, and just from some of the people you deal with across the country in its level of popularity. And because there's, there's some talk about the numbers are on the decline because of concussions and other things. And moms and even dads now are not letting their kids play high school football. So just kind of give me a rundown of where you think it is. And then we'll get to the, uh, the virus part of it and kind of go there. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, there's a lot of truth to what you said as far as the, overall numbers declining and the concerns from parents with concussions. And, you know, it, uh, I think we've felt that for a while. Um, I'd say we've, we've probably felt it for at least say at least the last four to five to six years, in my opinion. Um, I think that as far as the overall quality of play, I think it's kind of dropped a bit from maybe the last 10, 15 years ago, but, you know, as far as from a popularity standpoint, it's still pretty popular. It's, uh, you know, it amazes me when I hear about other states and, and how big football is. And trust me, I've been all over the country. That's one of the nice things about working for Rivals.com is that I get to go to different places and get to meet a lot of different people around the country regarding high school football. And, and I've been to Texas and I've been to Ohio and Florida and some others. So I, I wouldn't put us in the, in the Texas, Ohio, Florida kind of crazy, but I, I think we're definitely kind of towards that maybe, maybe 10, 15 range as far as combining participation, uh, excitement for high school football. Um, you know, we're, we're maybe not at the top tier, but I still think we're pretty good. Well, I would agree. I mean, we, being the officials, we sometimes have the best – uh, one of the best views and, and we see a lot of, of great, great high school football. And, and I know, you know, the NFL has, was at a, uh, you know, the most popular it's been for a long time. And even college football has been extremely popular. And so it's nice that, you know, when you go out and you see the stadiums filled and the participation, you know, myself, I, I assign two high school conferences, the mid suburban league and the, uh, now the uh, West suburban and Robert assigns DuPage Valley and the Suburban Prairie Conference. And, you know, it's, it's, it's to have the, the officials to, to cover those games and to understand that some games, you know, we, we get to follow what games are, are sometimes historically better than others and having to, to try to get those uh, games filled with, with crews is, is, is definitely interesting. And we've seen the numbers decline about like how, now we're not doing, like, like I'll give you an example, Wheeling High School playing only freshman A and varsity. They're not playing other levels. And so as from, we have a different perspective because we're filling those games. So I just was curious about, you know, what your thoughts were on that. So I appreciate you, 
you're, you're jumping in there. Now, how about the return to play policy? The, the IHSA just put out this last week, the return to play phase four. They changed their numbers so to try to coincide with what the governor and the state is doing. And there, you know, Robert mentioned that he drove by a field. You've been out. We've seen your pictures on Twitter. You've been out to some, some camps and, and whatnot. What's your take on this return to play policy? I mean, I love it. Every day you tweet, how many days of the football season? Do you really think that is a legitimate number? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I know uh, uh, we were talking a little bit about that before we came on air. And um, first of all, I think I think I just say he's done a really good job with this. And I know that might not be uh, you hear things you hear very often when you talk about the IHSA, but I think as far as managing this and trying to get everything together and taking the safety considerations, I mean, look, this is unprecedented times. No one knows how to handle this stuff from, from federal government to state government, to all the way, all the way down to high school football. So everyone's had to completely readjust. We've all readjusted our lives. We're, we're in a totally different space now. Um, I, I think it's been done well. Um, you know, and again, part of what I do, I get to talk to high school coaches every single day. And I'll be honest, guys, I, I think if you ask most coaches right now, they would be very surprised and, and actually thrilled that they're doing anything in July. Because I think if you would have asked them two months ago, they would have told you if they would have been able to start in early August, they would have been happy. So I, I think that, you know, it obviously ties into how the numbers with COVID have declined here, which, by the way, keep wearing your mask. I'm not wearing one now because, well, maybe I should, because I need all the help I can get being an ugly guy. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I just I just feel like they've handled it really well. Um, we continue to make progress. And let's face it, we all needed something to look forward to. We needed something to work towards. And I think it's being handled really well. And, and again, something we talked about before we came on was, I mean, let's face it, just like anything, this can get shut down tomorrow. I think we realize that now more than ever after having going through this once. Um, I think everyone knows that going in. I, I think the coaches know that, the players, the administrators know it. But at least we're working towards a goal. And and I think that's been a real positive. And I think the IHSA understands that and has allowed the other fall sports to do, to do the same. So I think right now, stay positive, continue to move forward. Uh, but unfortunately, be, be really prepared for anything. Yeah, there was an interview uh, that I, I heard, and actually Robert pointed it out to us with uh, Craig Anderson. And Craig, you know, there, there's all these theories about maybe flip-flopping, putting football in the spring to give some more time for vaccines and uh, just to understand the virus a little bit more. Apparently, the majority of the coaches in the state don't want to do that, and the administrators as well because of scheduling and whatnot. But but he did say that he he would be surprised if the, I'm paraphrasing, he would be surprised if the season started on time. He thought maybe it'd be more of a compressed season, six weeks with a playoff, full playoff or something like that. And, and he did say all options are still on the table. So it will be interesting to see what ends up actually happening. You know, from the officiating standpoint, we keep talking about keeping that spear sharp. You know, we're still training, we're still getting ready, we're still assigning the games, so we'll be ready to go. But one of the things that came up is that, and I talked about this on one of the daily uh, or weekly shows that I do, is that the uh, NASO, the National Association of Sports Officials, said that they did a survey of over 20,000 officials across the country. And 
70-30. 70 said they'd be okay coming back. 30% said no way. They're not coming back. We're already in a shortage, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Now we're going to lose another 30%? It's, it's going it's to be very difficult for us to, to cover, cover the games. And that's, I think, what, what we're concerned about on, on this end. And also the safety of officials. It's funny. They're talking right. about safety of coaches. They've talked about the safety of players. Only thing that's come out in officiating is that we can't blow a whistle. We have to have an electronic whistle. And we have to wear a mask to and from the, uh, the event. But when we get on the event, when we get to the game, if we're running around, we can, we can take the mask off. But, right. you know, there's nothing been talked about. You know, we're always the last. That's fine. Nobody remembers us. But they do when, when they don't have a game. So um, it's just we'll keep, we'll keep an eye on it. And I know Bill, I'm going to go to Bill Amania here real quick because Bill mentioned that he heard that Lake Zurich High School uh, was shutting down their camps because they had a couple people. Bill, um, you know, we got Tim here. What are, you know, what are your questions to him from what he's seen in regards to you know the return to play and, and the, the schools that maybe he's been out and observed? What do you, what is your, your question or comment? Well, I agree totally with Tim's perspective that you have to plan, you have to be ready, you have to be positive trying to move forward. Um, the key thing is is that you have to also have the common sense or brains to know when to put the brakes on in the event that we're, we can't move forward. But if you don't plan, if you don't do this and be optimistic about it, um, then you're not going to be ready in the event that we we can open up and do it. My I, question I have for Tim is, is that if uh, should, should we worry about a shortened season for high school here in Illinois or and then the playoffs, or should we just worry, forget the playoffs, and just let, if they have the opportunity, let them play their schedule and do do what's right for all the players across the state? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question and one that's been talked about quite a bit. Um, again, I, I kind of look at this as, as what we talked about a little while ago, where, you know, from your perspective, from a referee's perspective, by the way, the one thing I'll throw in is you talked about you guys are thought of last. I'll be honest with you. You were thought of quite a bit, at least from the fan base that I have on my site. And obviously I know some of those guys are refs as well, but um, even from the high school coaches I talked to, the, the fact that was brought up that, look, we already have a ref shortage. Our refing crew continues to get older, which I'm sure we'll get into as well. Um, there, there are definitely some consideration for you guys going into this. So I think you'd be surprised. Um, the the response immediate uh, not immediately but but relatively close to when all this went down that you guys are a big I think you're a bigger portion of this than you realize um, as far as from the concern standpoint um, but again we don't know what's going to happen no one knows what's going to happen um, we talked about this could get shut down tomorrow could get shut down a month from now um, I just think we, we plan week to week, and I know that's not a great way to live and not a great way to plan. I think in the near term, guys, it's kind of what we have to do for now, and I think that goes for the referee community and, and trying to prepare for a season and, you know, just let's move things along and see how it goes and watch the numbers and keep our fingers crossed. No, and I, I, would, I would agree. You know, that's what we're doing, and like I said, we're going to be ready to go, whatever happens. And if it doesn't, if it, if it gets moved to the spring, we'll be ready then. We'll be ready whenever we we need to to do this, whenever the the season does kick off. So um, for the, our MIBT online people, the officials, we're going to really break this down from the officiating standpoint next week on our 
on our last monthly meeting. So be sure to join us. We're going to go through contingencies and whatnot, kind of advocate for us as officials how we should walk into these events and be ready to go, uh, you know, e either for our safety or how we should approach it moving forward. So we're going to we're going to put the uh, the COVID uh, to the side for right now and kind of move on to what we're really here to talk about. And, and it's it's with uh, Edgy about how what he sees about officiating. But before we do that, I'm going to throw things over to Robert and see if there's any uh, questions, Robert, there or that we need to get out here before we move on to our next segment here. Yes, um, actually, a lot of comments from officials. Many of us, uh, Edgy Tim, are very fortunate that you report on so many teams and schools and players because we read that information and then we can uh, understand who are the key players at certain positions before we even take the field. So a lot of positive comments and thanking you for the work that you do to bring to us. You actually help us prepare for our game day experience. So thank you. That was a comment. With that being said, now we have our first question, Tim. So here it is. The question is, based on your reporting, in, uh, how do you balance the aspect of what you hear and what you're told to uh, interjecting your opinion. How do you find that uh, fine line and understanding how, how to uh, blend in your opinion with uh, what, what you hear and see? Well, first of all, that's a great question. Um, and, and thank you for, for the comments before. Uh, that means a lot. And honestly, guys, it's one of those things that when, when I started doing this, I never even considered. I mean, you know, I just think of fans. I, I think of people in the stands. I never think about necessarily you guys and and doing your jobs and, and and you guys need to stay on top of it just as well as anyone else so that's really really nice to hear um my approach in day one is, is is to be a, is to be a positive influence and take a positive spin on high school football um it can be challenging uh it seems like the longer i've done this the more challenging it can get in some regards um but to this day i wake up every day and think you know it, it's it's got to be positive whether I'm covering a recruiting story from a player talking to a coach and interviewing a coach um, to really everything I, I, the way I try to present myself and do things um, it's 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 I, I try to take a, as as much of a professional approach as I can and um, back when I started this I had to go that way because you know, I, I felt I had to prove myself on a lot of different levels. Um, it's a lot different now where you have these great platforms where you can plug in and all of a sudden you're reaching audiences and you have all this technology. Back when I got into this, I mean, it was kind of me and a bunch of newspaper guys. And let's face it, the newspaper guys, I think were a big influence as far as the way they did their job and were professional about it. And then to this day, I take that really seriously. So as far as blending my opinion, well, I mean, I am edgy Tim. So sometimes I, I guess I can be a little opinionated about, about stuff, but you know, there's opinionated and then there's just kind of being belligerent and kind of a jerk and, I never want to walk that line because number one, I, I've never forgotten the fact that I'm dealing with kids and how important it is to deal with kids. I'm a father. I'm a father of two. Um, and when I talk to people, um, I want them to come away with a good experience and say, Hey, you know what? He's just a regular dude. He's a really good guy. And, and that's kind of all my, always been my goal in dealing with things. And I mean, 25 years and counting. So something worked. 
Well, yeah, obviously you've got, you do have a huge, huge following. So moving on now, you've seen a lot of high school football. And because of that, you've seen a lot of high school football officiating. So it's nice to hear, you know, from, from your perspective, I would like to hear, I should say, what your overall take is on high school football officiating. The good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent, whatever. I mean, I want to hear, you know, what your opinions are. So we as officials may hear what you have to say as kind of a neutral observer and kind of can say, this is where we can get better. Maybe these are the things we're already doing pretty well. You know, because obviously a coach, you know, there are a lot of good coaches out there who do have a good mind and can can rate us and look at us, you know, objectively. But there are some that, you know, it just doesn't go their way. And then we're the worst thing that they've ever seen. And you know how that goes. So just uh, if you could kind of run down, it'd be great. Wow. This will probably be a chapter or two in my book someday. Um, you know, it's it's run the gamut. It really has. Um, as far as the job that you gentlemen do, man, I don't think there's enough money in the world to pay me to do your job. Um, and and it, I, I say that with all respect in the world. I have seen roughs take incredible amount of verbal abuse. Um, I have seen everything from people following guys out to cars to uh, getting in their face and, and starting fights to on the other flip side of it. Um, you know, there's always feel good stories too. And, you know, I, I think until I did this job and was on a sideline every Friday night, I didn't realize number one, how difficult the job it is. Number two, how physically demanding the job is. Um, and, and I think three, um, just all that goes into it. I mean, it, people, fans would be amazed at just, you know, the passion you guys have and, you know, which again, I, I can relate because that's how I am when it comes to high school football and you guys are passionate. Because let's face it, you're not doing it for the money. You're, you're doing it because you love to do it. And, and I think the other thing I learned, too, is the camaraderie of the crews. And, you know, that, that you've got a guy from here and a guy from there. But, but these guys are like, like a team. And, you know, how well those guys get along. And that and, you know, for the most part, how much fun you guys have doing it. And even with the abuse and what have you. Um, you guys still seem to have a really good time out there, which again, I wish more people could see that, that part of it. And, and I, I'm fortunate because I'm on the sidelines and I get to witness it up close. And unfortunately the fans don't, um, you know, you mentioned the coaches and, and again, I've seen the gamut. I've seen the gamut of the very calm and collected coach that, you know, might not say a whole lot, but when he does you definitely get their, their attention to the screamers and the nonstop guys that'll complain on every single play, every single down. Um, you're very patient people. I'll say that much. Very patient people. Well, we try. We try to be, obviously, um, and that's just part of part of the part of the job. And and I appreciate uh, your observations. So, being once once again being with the media, you have probably seen bad calls, blown calls, calls yeah. that. You know, you know from the sideline, you know, that's wrong. Or maybe, you know, sometimes rules are interesting because people think like, hey, he's out of the pocket. That's a good one. Doesn't matter in high school. People don't understand that. So a lot of times we do get the rules right when people think we got them wrong. But there are, there have, I'm sure, been many cases where you've seen an error in officiating. 
So when you do see an error in officiating, knowing that you know we're just regular guys having nine to five jobs, how do you report on that? I mean, obviously facts are facts, but how do you take that into account? Well, see, I I don't necessarily write a, a hardcore game report. I'm more video and pictures, and um, I, I think it comes more towards the message boards I have where fans will go out and start venting about a ref. And, you know, it's, it's again, it's, it's kind of the queen's rules with everything. If, you know, you can make your point as long as you don't get beyond the, uh, you know, the, the sensibilities and, 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 you know, getting vulgar and what have you, then, then you're just gone. I'm just going to launch and we'll never be heard from again. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I've seen, I've seen some very questionable calls and, and again, I don't know if I'd call them bad calls. I mean, yeah, there might've been some that weren't great, um, but I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've ever just flat out have said, wow, you guys completely blew that. Um, I, I've never, and again, it's, it's a little different because I am with the media and I'm really impartial. Um, I think I've been accused of being a homer for like over 250 teams in my career. So I'm kind of proud of that because people can't really nail down who I really like. It's not that hard to figure out. I live in Shanahan. My kids went to Manuka. So I'm always going to pull for the home team. I think you have to. And I mentioned, we mentioned about my high school background at TF Norris. I'm always pulling for them. But I mean, outside of that, I I try to stay impartial. And um, so, I mean, as far as, as, as blown calls and what have you, I mean, it sounds simplistic guys, but it's part of the game. (laughs) You know, it's, it's just as much as part of the game is, is kickoff and halftime and everything else. And you get your good, you get your bad. That that's kind of all part of it. Yeah. Interesting. Dave Ganaway, who used to be a, a assistant executive director with the IHSA and, and in charge of football was quoted back when he was in charge that there would never be as long as he was now he's been retired for like 10 plus years now, but there would never be replay at the state championship as long as he was under, it was under his control because a blown call is part of the learning process from the high school athlete. And it's an extension of the classroom and an, and an official doesn't go out there purposely to make a wrong call. And it's just kind of that, that learning in life. So who knows what they'll do now. Um, would you like to, you know, at the state final level, would you like to see maybe replay brought in or, uh, or maybe seven officials? No, I mean, I mean, the extra officials, if, if it gets another guy and experience down there and it helps you guys out as a crew, fine. That's fine. Replay, no. I mean, you've gotten to that point. Um, you know, you could add calls go with you or against you all the way up to the state title game. Just in my opinion. And again, I see the benefits of it. I know other states have done it. Um, and, and again, my team or if I'm a coach or I'm a team, if I've lost the game off a controversial call, I'm certainly sure I'd have a different opinion, but right now my feeling is no, I, I wouldn't put it in. So um, one of the things like we were just talking about, and I appreciate your perspective, especially on like the good and not even saying bad, just just questionable stuff right. potentially. But like we talk about replay. And when, when you see replay, a lot of times, you know, we came in in baseball, MF, you know, Major League Baseball, they realize that the umpires and officials and, and NFL and other sports, they're right a lot more than they're wrong. Like almost like in the upper 90s and sometimes even higher, like 98, 97%. Um, from that perspective, do you, I mean, would you say the officiating that you see on a nightly or weekly basis is pretty good? Yeah, 
Yeah, it would. Um, you know, and you guys know as well as anyone, the best, best ref games are when no one talks about you. And, and for the most part, I don't hear a lot of, you know, oh, my God, they were terrible, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, you're never going to please everybody. But overall, I'd say you guys do a pretty good job. But, you know, again, that's just my perspective. I'm, I'm not a coach. Looks like uh, looks like he uh, his internet jumped uh, jumped him again, but we'll get him back. So uh, we'll get him back here in a moment. Uh, and we got some questions, so we're gonna go we're gonna go to the questions here as soon as we get uh, Edgy Tim back. But I'm gonna jump uh, throw things over to Bill Lamagne. You know, Bill, you're a you know former school administrator, and obviously, you know, I, we'll talk about all the COVID stuff next week more in detail, but. You know, what, when you would hear, and I know you have a different perspective being, being a, an official, but as an administrator, how did you handle those conflicts that maybe you heard about officiating at the high school level? Like, you know, they, they screwed that call this week or whatever. How did you handle that as, as an administrator? Well, you know, I, I'd say, hey, well, let's sit down and take a look at the play. I'll, I'll look at some things with you. The expectation I had for the coaches was, I understand, especially if we're talking basketball, you're going to pick up a technical foul here and there, but let your behavior be the example for the kid, for your kids that are, that are playing the game. Uh, if, if you, you know, it's an extension of the school day. If your behavior was, if that was a kid in your classroom behaving that way, would you be sending them down to the office? And so the bottom line is, is that if you would have to be sent to the office for your behavior as a coach, uh, we're going to have a long, hard conversation because I expect more out of the adults than I expect out of the kids. So that's the expectation I had had for the coaches. Um, I, Edgy had an interesting thing about the replay. You know, I, I was involved in replay in the Big Ten when it came in for first college conference ever to do it on a trial basis. And replay was pretty simple back then. The standards or procedures were written on a eight by 11 sheet of paper. And over the years, 15 years later, um, we've got a, a case book that's got 250 plays in it. Uh, stoppages are, are just out of hand, in my opinion, in the college game. Uh, we're not proving anything when we review a play and say it stands. So in, in a lot of ways, I think, you know, I, I would hope that the high schools would be very cautious about replay because it, it's going to be a Pandora's box if they go to it that they're going to open. And it, it's going to it's going to grow out of, out of control. Uh, instant replay is out of control in college football. Uh, and it's inconsistent in college football, in my opinion. And uh, the high schools don't need it. And you're going to be doing it with less trained people, you're going to be doing it with less equipment, camera angles. Um, you're not going to get the results out of it that you think you're going to get. Well, and the Federation shot it down. So it was an experimental rule and they said no. And I know Alabama, I think we got Stan from Alabama just watching. They're still, they invested a lot of money in it. So I don't know if they're still getting special dispensation, but the Federation said no on replay. So hopefully that will be the case. Tim, is Tim back with us? Um, I'm here. All right. Perfect. Tim. Thanks. Um, I guess that internet down in Shanahan is, is giving you, giving you a little problem. <laughs> I guess uh, it's crazy. 
So, all right. Not so, having a forecasting day, I guess. I know it's it's fun, but at least we get you back. That's the most important. That's the most important <laughs> thing. So, um, we had some questions. So, Robert, uh, go ahead uh, and fire away. Edgy Tim, we we know that uh, your focus is not officials. We know that, but we all want to improve. Officials universally do want to improve their game, and that's what MIBT is all about. So, with that being said, what areas would you, just based on your far opinion, feel that officials could work on for improvement? Anything come to mind? If not, I can lead the question, but I'm going to leave it open at the moment. Yeah, I I, I mean I, I can't really point to anything specifically that. You know, I'd say, well, I don't see this or I don't see this. Um, stop asking me during games for updates of other scores. That would be nice. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I literally have come playoff time. I have one of you guys in my ear for like half a game. Once a play's over with, they're looking at me, looking for an update. Got any scores? Got any updates? But that that's the fun of it. I, I love the interaction. It's great. Um no, I mean, I, I mean, there's nothing glaring. And again, I, you know, from a training, I, I'm certainly not a trained eye for sure. Um, you know, personality-wise, you know, I talk about having fun. I mean, I like to have fun. Anyone that knows me will tell you I, I've, I've been known to crack a few guys up on the sideline from time to time. And, you know, you guys have personalities. Let it show. That's all. You know, I mean, and I get it. You guys – you're dealing with coaches and everything else and, and you kind of have to be reserved and not in your professional behavior as well. But, you know, I think the only thing I can think is every time I, I hit a field on a Friday night, I'm blessed. And it's an honor to be on that field. And, and that's an approach that I've always taken. And I think you guys probably take the same kind of approach as well. And if you don't, you should be. No, I think uh, I know when, when I walk out, I look around and just like, where else would you rather be on a Friday night? And yeah. it's, it's, uh, you know, and, and I've had, the, you know, the opportunity the last 10 years to work some Division One, and I'm actually going back to, to just do high school now, um, at least this year, if we have it, because I miss doing the under-level games and some of the other stuff, and now being, a, you know, multiple league assigner, I've got some more roles to play that is not going to be allow me to work the Division One schedule that I, I've had. So I'm, I'm, in, I'm looking forward to getting back to those roots, just like you said, if that does happen. Robert, I'm sure we've got uh, some more. Yes, uh, consistency is a big question to you, Edgy Tim. Uh, do you see consistency or maybe not as much consistency across the state of Illinois when it comes to officiating? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're generally, they're, they're consistent. Um, you know, I think it's like anything, you know, some refs may be a little bit more physical, maybe a little bit more vocal than some others, um, but I, I don't know if I would say one part of the state handles things a little differently than others. Um, and I think overall pretty consistent as far as, you know, calls and, and, and just kind of the entire mechanics of everything. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't necessarily think you guys must love having me on cause I don't have a whole lot of complaints about you. Well, I'll complain afterwards on the message board, but uh, <laughs> no, I, you know, there's not a lot of complaint about it. I actually, you know, and again, I've, I've tried to be in your corner for a long time and you know, it's, it, it gets harder. Your, your job gets harder. Everyone's job has gotten harder these days. And you know, my biggest concern, and I'm sure we'll get into it and you guys want to get into it as well is you got to grow your ranks and that's got to happen. And you know, your, your, 
your group of refs are not getting any younger. And that's probably the thing I've continued to notice over the last several years is the crews aren't getting any younger and that's got to get addressed. Interesting enough, I'm 46 years old, Robert's 50, and I've been doing this for over 25 years and I'm still under the mean age, which yeah. is 48. And so yeah. you're right. We're, we're, uh, when I hit 48, I'm gonna be like, dang, I'm on, the, I'm on the other side of it. But that's not a good thing, actually. Um, I, we want to try to get younger officials. In fact, that was the, the next thing. Um, how, how do we recruit? I mean, we're, we're at a, a kind of a dead end here. We've tried many different ways to recruit officials, trying to get players. In fact, some of the things that I've done is I've talked to coaches in my coaches' meetings and said, you have players who are not gonna play at the next level. Here, you know, give them, here, have them come to me, I'll train them, I will take care of your player. But I'm telling you right now, there are coaches who still look at that as like literally the Star Wars thing. We are the dark side. Like they do not even want their players, seriously, you laugh. Like they, they, they're like, we don't want our players to be an official. I mean, when I, I, I went to Glenbard South High School and the basketball coach there for years was Dave Lorkey and I played for Dave and we would get into it like 10 years after I graduated about officiating. You're like, oh, you're an official. You don't. And I'm like, no, this is what it's all about. So it's funny. Sometimes coaches, I think, aren't as open to that. So we're kind of running into those dead ends. Do you have any suggestions? I mean, how, how do you think we can recruit and bring in new blood into the officiating ranks? Yeah, I've got a couple ideas. And again, if, if these are things that have been tried or you guys are in the process, just fine. I'm just not aware of completely the, the efforts that you guys have put in the recruit. Um, and again, and, and I've said this before, if, if any of the associations out there in Illinois, you have anything, whether it's a website or, or classes, I know I get hit all the time with, you know, trying to help advertise that stuff, please, by all means, uh, email edutim at edutim.com. Very simple. Always glad to help. Um, so here's a few thoughts. Um, you mentioned players, you know, guys that maybe aren't going to go on and play. That's a, that's a really good route to go. My whole thought is, well, so, so what, where's this imaginary pool that we can pull from and try to get more people involved? And the, the couple of things that come to mind is number one, you have a lot of coaches out there. You have a lot of assistant coaches out there. You have a lot of lower level coaches out there. Um, I don't know how in the world you'd ever be able to pull this off. But wouldn't it be wonderful if before someone's allowed to be an assistant coach or even a head coach, if you will, maybe a year internship as a referee, um, you know, almost making people, and I'll use your Star Wars reference, go to the dark side for a year, maybe give them a better understanding of, number one, the rules, number two, what you guys have to put up with. And number three, maybe that gives you a year of bodies to work with. Um, again, understanding you very well could have a ton of turnover, but at this point, wouldn't turnover be better than no bodies at all? Uh, May have lost him again. He was, that's an interesting, I mean, that's an interesting uh, suggestion of bringing coaches out for the first year as, as that kind of intern. I. Robert, I don't, I mean, that would be great, but I, I don't know if that's, if that's possible or even if they'd want to do that. 
I know as an official it helped me to actually coach for two years and, and I there are a lot of officials out there that may have uh, also coached in their career at one time or another but it certainly thickened my skin and uh, eliminated the rabbit ears in my officiating uh, endeavors so it was a blessing for me to coach so it's not it's a two-way street when I when I hear that type of discussion yes I would love to see coaches officiate. Likewise, I would love to see officials coach. Uh, I think it just strengthens our relationship. Well, and I also know back in the day, back in the 80s and the 70s and whatnot, a lot of school people, like teachers and stuff, they didn't coach, they actually officiated. There's a lot of teachers in the officiating ranks. I think Bill remembers those days, right, Bill? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, one of the things on that is that for a number of years now, uh, the ESPN and the uh, Southeast Conference for spring games have um, brought in announcers to work the spring games at a couple of the universities in the SEC. And it's been a real eye-opener for the TV announcers who, quote, knew it all uh, and could criticize and comment uh, over officiating situations uh, on a regular basis. Now all of a sudden went in on a Friday night, did some pre-gaming, uh, just like we did uh, uh, during the fall season and then turn around and, uh, and have to work the spring game. And several of our announcers said what a different light it shed on how they would approach commenting on the officiating in the, in the games. So whether it's a coach getting an opportunity to do it or even people in the media to go out and officiate a game, a uh, spring game or a practice I think it'd be an eye opener for them, and and uh, give like Tim said earlier, give uh, give them a different insight. Uh, you don't have to feel sorry for me. You don't have to be have empathy for me, but it would just give you um, an insight into the responsibility that you have when you go out on a, on a field, no matter what the sport to officiate. I know, of, of like maybe like 15 years ago now, Mike Adamley, they had him come out. He did this when he was with Channel Two, CBS. They had him do a, a, a sports show on or uh, on being an official. So I think we've got uh, we got Ed, Edgy Tim back. So we, we did yep. hear what you were saying about that. We caught the end of it. And would you ever, as a member of media, like want to come out and work a scrimmage and and, and put <laughs> put and see how what goes on out there? No, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I I wouldn't mind doing it for you know doing it maybe for a scrimmage or what have you. It certainly I would consider. I don't know if you guys heard the end of the other part that I suggested, so I'm just going to throw it out there. I mentioned all the other colleges in the state. You have phys ed majors. You have exercise science majors. College credit, possibly, for refereeing, along with whatever stipend they're being given. Is that a possibility to maybe attract more people to the profession? It's just a th couple of thoughts I had on it. Actually, well, there, are some, there are some colleges that do have courses in officiating. And there are some high school curriculums now that are starting to incorporate that as part of their physical education program. I know I'm, I'm kind of trying to work with U46 on that. And I know I think there's a couple other schools that, that do it right now. And I think that's a great way. I think uh, Bill, I heard Bill kind of chiming in about the college thing and the, and the credit. Bill, you, you have some experience with this, right? Yeah, the intramural programs, it hasn't been so much for football, but uh, for basketball and some other sports, uh, there's been a, uh, it's helped them tremendously at uh, 
given that first time experience uh, to the college kids to do it. They pick up a little buck here or there, not a lot, but, but it opens the door for them. And then um, it's probably about a 50% uh, turnover that when they leave college, that they actually go back to their home states and uh, then become an official in their state. So, but that's still 50% more than they, they would have had anyway. So, uh, you know, those are our valuable ways to, uh, to try and do the recruitment end of the officiating. I worked with USA football for a number of years and, um, you know, a couple of things can, we felt were contributing uh, to the lack of the younger people coming in. Uh, part of it was um, they were in it for two or three years and uh, they didn't, uh, they didn't feel they were moving along fast enough. And so uh, they wanted better games. They wanted state playoffs, et cetera. And they were dropping out. Some in today's culture didn't appreciate coaches. I mean, I was used to my dad, my teachers, uh, my mom, everybody I, that was older than me when I was a kid yelled at me. So when I went out on a football field for the first time, the, the coaches were amateurs. I mean, I had professional people yelling at me, my mom and dad all day long, my teachers. Uh, that's not today's world. So some of the young ones, when they get yelled at now, it, um, it's, a, it's a side of life. They have an experience. So it's not, what, not their cup of tea. So, you know, and that doesn't mean it has to turn into, you know, nice, nice and nice all the time. But um, so but we've got to find some ways to get more people uh, involved in it. And uh, and how do we keep them once we get them? No, that's true. It's keeping them. You know, we can get them out there and they get yelled at once. And sometimes they go back to work at McDonald's because nobody yells them at a McDonald's. Um, and that's one of the biggest things. I know Robert, going to throw things over to Robert. Uh, we're a few more minutes here with uh, Edgy Tim, and we'll cut him loose for the night. We really appreciate his time uh, that he spent with us. Um, so, Robert. Edgy Tim, you have a lot of followers, and uh, they, boy, they just bombarded us with all types of questions. So I'm just going to lead with one where I've heard multiple times. This keeps coming in uh, through multiple viewers, and that is relative to the, the maximum of 50 people at a contest event, they want to know your take, what you're hearing on how that's going to be managed by the teams. Uh, what, what have you heard on this subject? Yeah, I, I, I really haven't gotten into a lot of specifics with coaches regarding it. Um, I know that was a real big concern when it was first released, especially your bigger programs. I mean, I'm thinking like a Lincoln Way East and some others with, I mean, the varsity at some times are up to what, 80, 85, 90 on a roster. Um, but, you know, again, we're a resilient bunch on the high school football side. And I just think kind of everyone took it and said, well, okay, let's really look at this. You know, we can, we can manage this group here, the offense here, the defense over on this side. Um, even getting into, you know, I know the fan, the whole story, the whole, the big story is going to be fans and whether fans are going to be allowed in and if it's going to be 20% or whatever the rule is going to be. Now, there was a lot of questions, which I don't know if people really dug into, but what about the band? What about cheer? This is all big part of the experience. And, and schools have even gotten to the point where they're, they're kind of planning things out where, okay, well, the band we could put in the end zones. We could put the cheer. So, you know, again, it's, it's something that I think everyone is willing to kind of dig into and work with. And uh, that part of it, to me, has been really impressive because – 
you know, again, it's you, you threw a big problem at some uh, really motivated people and everyone's just trying to work through it. So I don't think you could ask for much more than that. But, you know, as far as actual specifics, it's at this point, I just think schools are glad to be back right now and they're going to continue to move forward and deal with that, especially when we get closer to kickoff. Yeah, well, well, just like you said, it's still everybody's getting tired of the wait and see, but that's where we are, where we're at. Robert, what else? Yeah, more towards rules and game management. The high school, of course, follows a lot of what's coming down from the collegiate level. But do you have any key rules or game management changes like the game clock situation we brought in last year that you would like to see the high school implement uh, uh, and share with our officials? Yeah, um, God, I'm trying to think of a couple. Um, you know, I, I think I think the one that that is universally talked about, certainly from the media and coaches and players, is is the automatic touchback on kickoffs. I know it's a safety rule. I know it's a national association rule, and it probably is never going to change. But I think that's one that I think people generally look at and think, yeah, okay, it, it's there for a safety reason. I think people like to change, but again. I think of anything, and, and you guys, I'm sure, will we'll talk about this. I think of anything, the kickoff will go away before that rule ever gets lifted. But just my thoughts, guys. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's safety. I, we're not going to go – we're not going the other direction. No. I, I, I agree with you on no, that. You mean, I, I would, we're not, not going to bring the Wednesday playoff football game back? I don't think so. I would love it. I know Robert would love it. Robert, yeah. any more questions we got for, for Edgy Tim? You know, do you cover any eight-man football? There were a few northern officials that were just curious on uh, your take on eight-man football and the popularity of that. I think he dropped off. He might have. He might have dropped off again. Um, eight-man football. Robert, have you ever officiated an eight-man football game? No, I've officiated seven-on-seven, but that's as low as I've been. Seven-on-seven. <laughs> seven. I've been seven-on-seven. Seven. Bill, what do you think about eight-on-eight? I never have never given it any thought. <laughs> so, oh, now you know. There you go. <laughs> now it's your chance. <laughs> hey, what is it? A crew one then? You know, I don't know. No, it's still five. They still put five out there. You're just missing two oh, linemen, whatever it is. So I don't know. It's it's actually because of the shrinking numbers of participants, especially yeah. like out out west and out up north, and even you know other parts of the country. It's starting to gain some traction. Well, you know, I'll go back. I did work the old arena football league uh, for nine years, and um, that was played, obviously, with less players. I think it was seven or eight, and, uh, you know, um, on a 50-yard field. So uh, can it be done? Sure it can, you know. But it's not the game I know. When you worked, there, when you worked the arena league, did you uh, – I mean, you were the referee, but did you ever see anybody get – uh, one of the officials because they're on the boards and stuff did anybody ever get hurt pretty bad oh yeah guys would get you know and that was one of the things the mechanics were so different uh because you never never tried to get ahead or stay with the receivers you always stayed way behind them drop in the backfield if you had to and then when there were goal line plays hey if it was that close guy smashing into the boards at the at the goal line just go up touchdown. They can't prove you wrong, and you won't have to officiate that play twice, two times in a row. So, you know, it, it was nuts, the, um, the, the thing. But, yeah, we, we had officials go down. Um, we ought to sometimes throw on the infamous, I could get you the tape of 
when my umpire uh, got hit with a spiked ball and uh, his uh, voice went up about three octaves um, and um, and he went to the ground. But um, but yeah, it was uh, guys guys got crushed into the boards and everything. So yeah, it was an interesting event. Yeah, we might have to look at at some of the, those old arena football tapes. You know, you're talking about touchdown. It's like you know who cares? Like you said, you don't have to officiate it again. It's and plus the arena league, they wanted the scores. They wanted the score to be yeah. as high as it could. They wanted it to be like basketball. So yeah, the score was going to be seventy-seven to seventy-five. So, so who cares? What's, what's right. the difference? Give him another, give him another touchdown. I think we got, I think we got uh, Edgy Tim back. We 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 caught the answer there. I, I keep, hey, at least you're coming I back. Unplugging, I keep unplugging the connection if I get a question <laughs> I don't like. So there, there you go. There I mean, at go. least you keep coming back. That's a, that's the biggest thing. What we only have one more. We only have one more question, and then. Uh, We'll catch you. So, uh, Robert, we, we got one more, right? Yeah, one last question, and thank you, Edgy Tim, for joining us tonight. The last question from our viewership is related to just player safety. Most of us believe that the game is safer than ever, but there's a comment related or a question related to the quarterback. Do we need to be protecting the quarterback more? Uh, yeah, I, I'd agree with you. I, I think from a safety standpoint, it's it's probably probably as much emphasis on safety now than I can ever remember, honestly. And that even goes, that even goes beyond the game. That goes to practices that goes to, you know, really, really from, from beginning, beginning of the year, all the way through. Um, as far as the quarterback is concerned, I mean, I, I, I haven't known. I mean, there's, there's always a hit here or there that, that you look at, but I mean, you guys, as, as an association, as a group, I think have done a great job with, you know, managing that and taking care of it on a pretty consistent basis. So I would say for now, I, I don't necessarily see a need to, to really up the rules from a protection standpoint for now. Granted, I don't have a kid that's playing quarterback, but just my thoughts. I, I, I think we're okay with what we're doing for now. Yep. So hopefully, that, you know, like the game is as safe as it's, we're continuing to improve the safety aspect and, and we'll just, we'll see what happens. We want to keep the game. We want to keep the game alive. So, um, Edgy Tim, I want to thank you very much for taking some time out of your night uh, to join us. I think it really gave uh, our, our viewers, uh, not only your fans, but the officials that we have as a member of this association. And just, you know, we, we make this available to everybody that uh, gave them some wow. useful insight as to, you know, if we do have a season or when eventually, because we are going to play football again at some point. So that way, when we, when we do take the field, that you know we're we're, we're going to be better for it. So I, I do appreciate, like I said, taking some time out of your out of your night. And everybody, if you want to, you know, you want to go and check out his site, you know, edgytim.com. You can follow him, uh, edgytim at, at Twitter. Any other uh, things I'm missing that you want to you want to plug there? I, you know, we appreciate uh, you know you coming on with us. Is, am I missing anything? Oh, I guess he's gone. I guess he's, I guess he's gone for the for the night. Wow, he clicked off. Well, all right. Thanks for for joining us. Let's go around real quick. Alex is over there in the control room. Alex uh, did a great job. We got a camera on it. We get in the control room tonight. Hopefully, it's working. There he is. There's Alex. So, thank you. He, uh, well, he, he, I conquered the monster. There you go. So, so there you go. So, uh, thanks for Alex for being here. Bill Lamagne out there. Uh, Bill, hey, thank you for being here, Bill. Yeah, it was great. You know, and I, what I have the empathy for today's high school officials is they face something that I never had to face when I was uh, officiating high school ball. 
Uh, social media today uh, didn't exist when I did high school uh, sports, and it exists today, and it can really be a um, really be a, a thorn in the side for officials. Uh, and I I urge them to be careful with what they do on social media, but um, social media today can can really be tough uh, for the officials and their families. Uh, and again, I didn't have to experience that uh, when I was doing high school sports. So uh, just just be careful with that and take it with a grain of salt when it's out there. Yep, everything's on tape. Everybody's got a camera with them. I think Edgy is back with us. Edgy, I was giving you the opportunity to plug. I was telling your website, Twitter. What else you got? You know, Tell us all about where we can find you. At this point, I'm just glad. It, I, I better talk fast while I'm still connected. But, uh, <laughs> I just... EdgyTim.com. First of all, guys, this was fun. I, I definitely appreciate you having me. It's an honor. And uh, since I only really worked about half the show, I'll be glad to come back anytime you guys want me to. And uh, again, if you need anything from my end, just ask. Always glad to help. So thank you. Oh, we'll take. We'll probably take you up on that. And you'll see if you see us out and about. Say hi. In fact, this MIBTOnline.com. We started Hello. this to try to bring in a younger generation of officials using technology. You know, instead of, you know, a lot of times with not being able to go to a school to do a meeting, you know, and I mean, this is all now, you know, real time <laughs> and very, you know, like it's become the new norm. But before we were doing this before it was to try to make that you know connection a lot easier for officials to learn and to get better and, and make the game better. So, Robert Yabara, any uh, last uh, comments, questions for, for Edgy before we, we cut him loose? Our viewers are very thankful for the honest assessment and openness of Edgy Tim sharing. We really do uh, well-received comments about how difficult our role is as an official, how fiscal demanding our role is as an official, and all that we put into it. Anyone who's viewing tonight is invested, in, and I know that you're here because you want to become better and get another uh, viewpoint from uh, someone outside of our officiating fraternity and uh, I just want to thank Edgy Tim for sharing his thoughts and, and, and views with us. So thank you again. Thank you for joining us, for watching. We're back next Wednesday, next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central. Once again, it's going to be available to everybody. We're going to talk not only about our play of the week from last week or last month, which is about where to put the umpire potentially, but we're also going to break down not a lot of social issues that are going to affect us as officials. The anthem, the national anthem is one of them. So it's going to be an interesting conversation as to how that's going to affect us as officials and how our, what we need to do or have a discussion about not only our safety if we do move forward in with the COVID-19 and other social issues that are going to affect us moving in, into the season. It's going to be a great meeting. Please join us next week right here at MIBTOnline.com. So for everybody, uh, for Edgy Tim, for myself, Tim Kiefer, thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next, re next week right here at MIBTOnline.com. Have a good night. Thanks for listening to the MIBTOnline.com podcast. Join today at MIBTOnline.com. We'll catch you next time.